Retro Hangover supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCars, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Stunt Still Smash, The Milkman, Katie Quig, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Mast Keaton, Andrew Liguori, Ozzy Garcia, The Retro Vixen, Adam from The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog, Lunchbox, aka The Disgruntled Gamer, Disguimera, Jenny E, Rick Firestone, Parallax Puddles, Soha, Dave Jackson, Matt, aka Stormageddon, Retro Overdrive, Van Fernal, Keith Gasper, Eric Guess, Nomad from the Retro Wildlands Podcast, Ash Event, Alan Bingham, Storm Beagle, Ryan Player One, Mike the Ref from Backbreaker Gaming, and B Ross from Super Garbage Day. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Welcome to The Flight, a consumable curation of champions and catastrophes that is considerate of your chronometer. We are launching off. We are preparing for flight. I, I don't want to get too close to the, the how Listoff used to do it, so I'm going to be careful. But get ready for a launch of topics and discussion in our episode that will cover the top five launch games, period, just period, out of all these systems. And it is me, Chris Copleen, that you are listening to the Retro Hangovers Flight. And as always, I am joined by your host, Shane Rocket Power Dick Dragon Koski. How are you doing today, sir? Mm. How, how, many, how many horsepowers is that? I mean, how, how, how many inches is a horse cock? And I'll tell you. Hmm. All right. I'll get back to you on that. Once okay. I get it, when I get outside of incognito, I'll, I'll let you know. Okay. Well, when you stop being a bad dragon, then, then we'll get to the point. <laughs> Man, clearly that's a collab that we need to pursue. Bad dragon and retro hangover. I don't know why we haven't done this. I, I don't could, know like, We could expand our female audience in more ways than one. <laughs> literally in in multiple senses yes wow and all not, right not just female i mean a lot of people like bad dragon that, that is true limited to one gender yeah it is not exclusive that is true yes no no yes we will, we will str- never mind <laughs> i was gonna say something else but it's fine all right so hey launch titles am i right those hey, sure those we sure were some good games they were they were the best at launch i sure hope that this list isn't a stretch all right uh uh let's just uh let's let's i don't know Uh, everything i was thinking of that was wrong to say didn't fit so i think we just get get to the point here uh and uh uh fuck the foreplay but i want to get into who recommended this uh, and i think this is the best thing because he's in the waifu games it's keith gasper Mm. who suggested this topic that our patreons uh, voted on so thank you patrons for voting for the best launch games i'm sure after this you're going to want a part two uh because 
I have a feeling this is going to be very Nintendo heavy, and I think that myself and Shane are going to have very similar answers for our top fives. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how close they are between me and Shane, and maybe there will be a second one where we have to think a little outside the box. We'll we'll, we'll see. This that's just my prediction. That's just my prediction. Mm. But uh, Shane, how about you kick this one off for best launch games and give us your number five. Number five. All right. Well, I, I didn't think about this until literally just now, but I suppose this is apropos once you hear which console this is for. But at my number five is a game for the PS5, and that is the Demon Souls remake. That's, I mean, that's a pretty solid launch title, you know, uh, especially given that Demon Souls was sort of relegated to its original console for a, a very long time, to which uh, a lot of people never had a chance to really experience it, myself included. I still haven't had a chance because, as it turns out, it was really fucking hard to find a PS5. So, hey, there you go. Um, console exclusivity kind of sucks dick. But anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, what I'm saying is from, from soft, please just bring it to PC. Why are you not doing that? Also bloodborne. Thank you. Um, but at any rate, as far as this list is concerned, that is that that's a huge selling point for a lot of people, especially after the popularity of dark souls, which really broke from soft into the mainstream in a huge way. Uh, not to say that they weren't successful in their own sort of like niche before, but like dark souls really blew the doors wide open. And so, following on to that you know a lot of people kind of started going back and looking at things that they had done before and this was one that like i said a lot of people didn't get a chance to really check out in its original incarnation and so bringing it back to the ps5 up to the you know the current era uh and giving it a, a nice coat of paint and some quality of life improvements uh for the most part it was pretty well received i know that there were some folks that had some issues with some of the things that were changed but by and large i think it was a success and a really you know strong showing for uh for the ps5 kind of hit the ground running with that one all right thanks shane i still don't know what a ps5 is like because I i've seen them they're seen them huge too. They are very big. Yes. Uh, apparently, they've, they've slimmed down a little bit. And I I just decided to get an Xbox because, you know, Game Pass. Yeah. Um, Who knows if I'm ever actually going to get a PS5. I, I actually will probably get one because I'm financially retarded. Uh, <laughs> financially stupid. Um, <laughs> Got to watch what I say here. <laughs> All right. My number five is from the Sega Dreamcast. Mm. And you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, Chris, do you like, you, we know you like Sonic games, and I like I, I like some Sonic games. I like Sonic One. I like Sonic Three. I like Sonic Three and Knuckles. I think that they are great games. And leading up to nine nine ninety nine, which a lot of people tend to remember, but most of those people actually never bought a Dreamcast or played it. But you know, good on you. We we have to keep this alive. We have to keep the Sega love going. A lot of people that were going there wanted to play Sonic Adventure because the the leap in graphical fidelity. The way things looked, the way things controlled, that was the future. That was the game that everyone wanted. They wanted to play Sonic Adventure, which is why my number five launch game is Soul Calibur. Because ah. that game just bent Sonic over and gave it a bad dragon. Because That game is phenomenal. It is one of the best fighting games that you could ever play. I know Shane is rolling his eyes because 
it, it's just it plays so fluidly because and well Shane hates fighting games that's why he's rolling his eyes yes but, like it's one of those games that just plays so fluidly you can button mash your way to victory there's a dude called maxi yeah and he has nunchucks and it's cool and uh <laughs> there's just all sorts of things that are so good with soul caliber it's an arcade perfect port with so many extras it really set the dreamcast apart from every other system it's graphically beautiful it controls phenomenally it got perfect scores from reviewers across the board it was probably the game of the year i need to go back and look but it just it made people when this game came out People said this is the reason that you need to own a Dreamcast, and they were right. Sonic Adventure was the game that really defined that launch, but the best game on that launch, the game that you needed to get when you walked out of the store with your Dreamcast was Crazy Soul Taxi. Caliber. My number five pick, that wasn't a launch game. But I, I know. Yes, that 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 definitely would have been it if that had launched with it. No, it wouldn't have been. It was, still would have been Soul Calibur. But uh, yes, uh, yeah, 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 Soul Calibur. Number four. All right. Uh, well, moving right along to my number four, we are we are going we are going mobile. We're going handheld, baby. And uh, that's going to be the one and only Tetris for the OG Game Boy. Now, you might wow. think this thing is, it's somewhat unassuming, right? It's its just Tetris. Everybody knows Tetris. You could play Tetris on your fucking toaster at this point. But uh, this, this man, you want to talk about something that moves units? Tetris shifted some fucking stock let me tell you what uh the numbers are somewhere around forty thousand game boys were sold on the first day in north america and that was a lot having to do with the fact that nintendo very intelligently packaged tetris in with the game boy so it was just a the standard pack-in game for it and Tetris, that particular version of Tetris for the Game Boy eventually went on to sell something like 35 million units. That's fucking astronomical. And so this thing really was the definition of like a killer app for its day. Um, at so I don't remember when I mentioned it. I feel like it was recently on, on one of our episodes. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting old. My brain no work good no more. But I'm a goldfish, so. Yeah, see, there you go. So you don't remember either, I'm sure. <laughs> no. But I, I remember telling the story about how, like, I had uh, I, I had gone into, and I remember this to this day, I'd gone into, I believe it was a Sears with my mom to do some shopping, and I uh, they had the Game Boy kiosk there where you could play Tetris, and I remember just chilling there and playing Tetris for probably longer than I should have. Luckily, there weren't any other kids around, so I got to bogart that thing all to myself for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, man, like Tetris, it's it's very unassuming these days, but uh, that thing was huge when, when that came out. Uh, we're going to be hearing more about Tetris later in this list, I think, unsurprisingly. Oh. Uh, the only surprise I have, Shane, is that you put it this low. But mm. no, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. yeah. My number four is super mario world oh huh yeah the 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 super nintendo the the only reason it's this low don't don't get me wrong because i think i've said before super mario world's a phenomenal game it's 
one of the best 2D platformers ever made. But the reason it's this low is because Sonic came out and it had such a difficult time overcoming Sonic. Now, Sonic is not a launch game. If the original Sonic the Hedgehog was a launch game, I would probably put this on my top five, but it wasn't. It came out several years after the Sega Genesis launched in the United States. Super Mario World came out, and the reason it's here is because its quality is so high, because Mario Mania, Mar like Super Mario Mania was was running at just a, a very high current. I would, like, yeah, and, and it delivered, it, but it just couldn't overcome the momentum that Sega was generating. That's why it's my number four, because I do recognize that it did attract myself as a kid to want a Super Nintendo, as I'm sure it did many other people, because they they had that Mario Mania. They knew how to market it. They knew how to get it out there, and they delivered on those promises. So 100% Super Mario World was the game that you needed to own for your Super Nintendo. It came with the system, and you could play that. You could play F-Zero and get really mad and, and throw your controller. I know a lot of you love F-Zero out there. I know that's your jam, and it's a good game, but it's not Super Mario World. That is an all-time classic that will go down in history as being one of the two best 2D platformers of all time. So that's my number four. Uh, I, I don't see any reason why it would not be on your list here, Shane. So I, I look forward to hearing what you're going to put that game on on your rankings. Mm, yeah, I, I was about to say, you, uh, you, you might be hearing more about that very soon. Number three. But not this soon, because my number three is going to go to a game that, for the record, I'm not necessarily like a huge fan of. Uh, and I, I believe I went on record, in fact, uh, to, to that to that end in an episode that we did uh, before. But uh, this is going to be Halo Combat Evolved for the OG Xbox. Interesting. Okay. As much as... I don't necessarily think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I know that there are a lot of people that still do. And for what it's worth, it very much is an important game uh, in terms of just video games in general. While I very much enjoyed the likes of GoldenEye and Perfect Dark and things like that, honestly, it really wasn't until Halo that FPS really was accepted as something that can be done and done well on a console. And Halo kind of set the blueprint for damn near every console FPS that came afterwards for a very long time. One might argue even to this day, there's some DNA of Halo in a lot of things that we're still seeing now. Um, and you know, I was just talking about Tetris as far as being like a killer app. Halo uh, absolutely was the killer app for, for Xbox, especially given that their uh, launch title list at the time was, um, how do I say this, kind of shit. Uh, they really didn't have much else going on kind for of? them. Yeah. Kind of? So, um, so it was a good thing that they had this really great... Uh, you know, sort of groundbreaking FPS uh, in the console space. I, I feel like I have to qualify that. 
Um, still going to try to piss off the Halo fans in some way, I guess. But, um, but no, no I mean, what you say, they'll be pissed off. It's fine. That's, that's probably true. But I mean, I think it does say something that even as someone who doesn't have that love for Halo, I still put it at my number three on my top five list because I do really think it is genuinely that important. And I think it was that big of a deal. So, so there you have it. Halo gets its due. I see Shane going for the importance over the personal enjoyment. Mm. I, 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 I'm seeing that. Uh, that's. I was thinking about putting Halo on my one of my lists. Uh, thinking about putting Halo on my list. Uh, but like for the reason you said, it's not a game I personally enjoyed. I had to keep it off. Uh, right behind, right behind a, a Wii Sports, which I did not include on this list. I don't mm. know if you did, but uh, I, Wii Sports is really, really close to making it too. But that being said. Here is my number three. My number three probably completely redefined what it meant to play games in 3D. I think it's apt for being at that number three spot. It's one of the most hotly anticipated games of all time, especially if you were 10 years old in 1995 and 11 in 1996, because that's when this game came out. The entire world was just just quivering in anticipation for this release and it wasn't just the batteries running low on your bad dragon it was <laughs> the game that was super mario 64 this game just completely turned the entire console war on its head for about six months and then you know <laughs> then went back to playstation but like super mario 64 showed that the future of gaming in the immediate future was definitely 3d it showed what anybody could anticipate and more from the, the the future of gaming. It was looking into the future but being current because everybody else was still trying to catch up to what Super Mario 64 was trying to do. They were still playing with D-pads on every other system, and even on the N64 itself, they couldn't exactly figure out how to make games in 3D the same way that Mario 64 did until arguably Banjo-Kazooie. And a lot of people think Banjo-Kazooie is a little bit better. I haven't played it, so I'm not going to say no, but I think it would be very difficult to look overlook the simplicity and yet complexity that Mario 64 offers. It offered depth, and it was only one of two games... I think that was available at launch, which was Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, and then shortly after that was Cruising USA. But let's be real, no one really needed another game other than Mario 64 for a very long time. It would have kept you occupied. It would have kept you looking for secrets. It had so many things to do, so many things to offer. In an era where games were still relatively short and to the point, if unless they were RPGs, and this isn't an RPG. It was a Mario game that was expanded on every single idea that Mario ever did. It was one of the most successful transitions from 2D to 3D in the history of gaming, period, where so many other series struggle. <coughs> Castlevania. Uh, I just want hey to- Hey now. Like, hey now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is, this is an easy- this is an easy game for this list. Uh, if, it, if it's not on anybody's list for top launch games of all time, I, I would want to know why. But yeah, Super Mario 64, my number three. Number two. Well, we can talk about that later because, spoiler, it's not on mine. But that's... Boo! <laughs> Boo! It, right, it was. What is, what is on yours? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like, you know what, you and I are kind of just trading back and forth here. So I feel like we're kind of covering the bases between the two of us because you did not have yeah. this one, but I do. And that is Wii Sports. That yeah. thing, man. Okay. This one I do have uh, a personal investment in because much like literally everyone else that bought a Wii, uh, I had Wii Sports and something as simple as Wii Sports actually turned out to be way more engaging and entertaining than I think it had any right to be. And not only that, but it really was the perfect showcase for the motion control centric Wii. Uh, it was one, one at the, especially at the time, and this was before the Wii Motion Plus, mind you, it was one of the very few games that really got the motion controls right, where it made sense. A lot of games tended to shoehorn motion control in just because it's like, oh, that's the gimmick of the Wii, so we got to use it when it really wasn't necessary. But it was very much integral to the experience of Wii Sports, and it was done very, very well. Um, I have a lot of good memories of playing this with friends, with my family. It's one of the few games that my parents played with me uh, because they're not gamers by any stretch of the imagination, but they were totally down to play some Wii bowling. And, uh, and also just the fact that like the Wii, and I want to say even to this day in some places was so pervasive because of Wii sports that they were showing up in places like friggin' retirement homes because it was like the perfect way to keep you know, elderly folks active and getting some exercise. And, and so it was just, it was, it was a, it was a big thing and it was really a smash hit as far as like a launch title is concerned. And the fact that it was packed in with it was another win. It's one of those things that I think Nintendo does well, uh, not all the time, <laughs> but when they do do it, they do it very well. And that is getting really like really spot on pack-in games to really make their console, you know, a, uh, a huge success. And this was definitely one of those. Okay. I mean, yeah, we, we sports is a fantastic pick. It, it almost made my list, but I had to include something that wasn't on a Nintendo console. Mm. Uh, so, fair. so that's why soul caliber got the nod over Wii sports, but it was really, really close for me to, to getting online. So I guess that's a spoiler for the remainder of my list hmm. uh, in terms of the branding here. Uh, my number two is going to be a game that Shane has already mentioned on his list, and that is going to be Tetris. And this this could have very much been an, an easy number one for me as well. Uh, it, uh, the number one, it could be interchanged, depends on your uh, perspective. But Tetris is a game that affected gaming the same way that Shane kind of discussed. It got people that weren't at the time that you classify as people who were playing video games, because remember at that time in 1989, they were all viewed as toys, but it was able to get the female demographic into gaming. It was able to get women into gaming. It was able to get older businessmen into gaming, something portable, something that you could play and technically not be, quote, ashamed, quote, of. It was something that really broke down the barriers for the way a lot of people play games and it was able to just do wonders for the gaming industry. That's why it was so successful. It appealed to people outside of children and it made it something that you could unashamedly play around other people. 
And that's why Tetris is so important. Not only is it one of the best games ever made, because it is, and I thoroughly enjoy Tetris. I love playing the hell out of it. I loved seeing how far I can go and how high I can get my score. But it's it's one of those games that just fundamentally that just fundamentally changed the way that we view and play games even today. Tetris is an exceedingly important game. And I, if I say any more, I'll just be repeating myself. So that's my number two. Well, you know what? I I support that pick. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, moving on. I thought you would. OK, so now now's your time for your number one. Number one. My number one has got to be Super Mario World for the Ooh. Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, okay. To be fair, this was a hard pick because it was a toss-up for me between this and Mario 64. But... There definitely is the argument that can be made that, you know, Mario 64 like laid the, the groundwork for how to, you know, do a, a 3D platformer for years and years to come. And it was one of the few that transitioned well into 3D space, like Chris mentioned. There's a lot of good things going for it. And I don't like denounce any of that. And the fact that it's not on my list is really just a function of I wanted to include other things. Much like Chris said, I didn't want my whole list to just be Nintendo because it honestly could have easily been that. Uh, but I could absolutely not include, I, I, there's no way I could not include Super Mario World and put it at my number one because it's one of the most important games, not only just in general, but to me as well. Um, it's not something I necessarily go back and play a lot these days, but it was a, a fixture in my household when we got our super nintendo and we had super mario world along with it i both myself and my brother played the absolute shit out of that game and found almost every little secret and bonus and like hidden passageway and just about everything you could imagine and it never got old really like we would just go back and like what we had we kept like one save file that was more or less complete and then the other two save slots were pretty much just open for essentially just firing up a brand new game playing for as long as we wanted to and then erasing it later and just starting all over again um for the record i can't imagine doing that these days really i mean who who has the time right but uh when you're like 10 or 12 years old you definitely can do that especially when you didn't have like 300 other games staring you in the face so uh, it was just huge. Like, and as Chris had mentioned before, it, I think that you, most people, I don't think it's a hot take to say that there's no perfect game, but as far as 2d platformers go, I think super Mario world is the closest we may ever get to a perfect game. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's a banger. And the fact that that dropped on launch it's just huge. I mean, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's more that I could say, but like you said, I think I'd just be repeating myself. So listen, if you don't know Super Mario World, I don't, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> there's, I can't help you at this point. 
yeah, if you're not familiar with Super Mario World, get familiar. It's definitely one worth spending some time with. That's for sure. Good pick. Good pick at number one. But I, my number one, Shane. Hmm. I'm I'm slightly disappointed you didn't include this game on your list at all because I think oh. this is probably the most important game of all time. Ooh. Not just a launch game. Okay. Probably of all time, at least in North America. And the reason is is because we all know about the 1983 crash. We all know that video games are in a real dire strait. So there was only one game that could resurrect the entirety of gamedom and just bring it up from the grave in North America uh, and probably everywhere because North America is the most important market in the world. Shut up our pals up across the pond. You don't matter with your shitty ZX spectrum. No one cares about you. <laughs> uh, God, you, the reason PlayStation one is because you couldn't stop taking E and playing wipe, wipe out in clubs like to stop. But uh, I think there's truth to that story, but I, I, this is why I have to say my number one, the best launch game of all time for me is Gyromite. Nice. It's a solid I'm pick. Kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> fucking with you. It's, it's, it's the original Super Mario Brothers, not mm. Mario Brothers, but Super Mario Brothers. It's the ultimate game that just got Nintendos into the home. It made people love gaming again. It, it, jumped up from the Atari 2600. It convinced people that, yeah, this is something your kids can enjoy and play. And there's there's a fundamental genius in the way that that game is designed, the way that that game is structured. It put Nintendo on the map. It laid the future groundwork for people to just call all video games Nintendo for pretty much the next 10 to 15 years. Super Mario Brothers was just an incredible event. And... I, I I look at what Super Mario Brothers did, and it makes me wonder if we would even have the kind of gaming culture, of course, not the toxic type, but if we would even have like the game of gaming culture that we have today and, and what pe how people view video games and how much that game influenced future creators, how it influenced people across the globe and how it just influenced media and interactive media. I, I look at Super Mario Brothers as just one of those games that just completely revolutionized the way that gaming happen, happens, period. And there are very few games that do that, let alone launch games. And yeah, you can go back a few years, you can kind of make an argument for Space Invaders or Pac-Man or Pong, and you could have a, a similar vein of feeling about what what those games did for the industry but super mario brothers had to re-establish an entire industry in the largest market uh, and probably the most affluent market where you can really appeal to a a demographic that once they accepted it that was the way moving forward and it was a smash hit and i know it wasn't a launch game in japan uh but it certainly was here in the united states and it was a much needed injection of of quality that the, the the gaming industry definitely needed and it's still one of my favorite mario games it's my favorite nes mario game to this day and it's just an absolute work of brilliance so my number one is the original super mario brothers for the nintendo entertainment system yeah i can't argue with that it's a solid pick i also find it uh not funny but um i don't know just just interesting really when you think about it you know you're talking about how we could just fill this list with Nintendo, but honestly, a lot of it is like 
just it's just Mario. Like <laughs> Yeah, it's Mario. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's it's been it's been so consistent over the years that just you know, when you launch a Nintendo console, you got Mario. And as it yeah. turns out, those are some pretty good fucking games. So I'm yeah, I'm actually I'm actually quite surprised that you you put uh Demon Souls in over Breath of the Wild. Ah, you know, I thought about that, but uh here's okay, here's here's my little my my dirty secret about this is I actually I've never finished Breath of the Wild and I kind of think it's overrated. That's not a hot take anymore, by the way. Well, that's that's it's the Zelda cycle of life. Yeah, that's true. Like 10 years <laughs> from now, I'll just be like, it's the best fucking game ever. But yeah, uh, yeah. no, I just yeah, I don't know. Uh, but at any rate, hey, there, there we have it. And you know what? There's there's a lot of other launch titles out there that we didn't mention. Tons. But you know, these I think a lot of these are the heavy hitters. Um, which you know, with a top five list, you kind of you kind of have to do that. So, uh, if you liked what we picked, or if you didn't, or if you have constructive criticism, or you just want to tell us that we're bad and should feel bad, you could do any I of do those things, <laughs> and uh, you can do it. Well, I mean, anywhere. You could shout into the void if you want to, but if you want us to maybe see it, you, you probably should just go into our Discord. It's public, and it's free, so there's not really a reason for you not to, you know? You, sh- you, sh- you should just do it. And uh, you can find that, along with all our other stuff, at our link tree. So just head on over to linktr.ee slash retrohangover and uh, just, you know, tippy-tappy the button that, you know, suits you the best. Whichever one is, is reaching out, it's calling to you. Uh, or all of them. Probably not at the same time, because I can't guarantee the results, but I, I mean, you know, sequentially, in, in no particular order, you, you could tap all of them. And, and if you do that, that'll bring you to places like, oh, I don't know, our, our social media accounts, if you want to see that, or or perhaps our YouTube, where we've got uh, video versions of our episodes, as well as uh, VODs of our Twitch streams, and uh, or maybe the Patreon or, or the merch store, if you, if you want to drop some ducats and uh, support the show in that way, you could do that. Uh, and speaking of Twitch streams, we do those on the reg. I'm not going to say they're good or that we're good at it, but we sure do do them. So, Chris, if people want to see mediocre gameplay, where can they go? Uh, you can go a lot of places, but <laughs> one of those places is twitch.tv slash retro hangover where you can play us or you can play us. I guess, uh, but we don't allow you to because we're too lazy to monetize. So instead, we just play video games, and you can see that twitch.tv slash retro hangover at at, on 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays. And yeah, we'll we'll play a game for you. Again, like Shane said, not that doesn't mean we're going to play it well, but we are going to play games, and we have great conversations there with members of our community. And if you just want to have a good time, yeah, that's the place to do it. It's not as good as hanging out in Discord, which is free, but it's close enough. So head over to twitch.tv slash retrohangover 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sundays, and we hope to see you there. All right. Well, I guess now that that all has in fact been said, until next time. Play with your Bad Dragon. Our sponsorship window is opened. Joysticks.